for those of you who are parents or even if you have a job that requires you to interact with people on a regular basis, you know that whenever you are absorbing somebody's negative energy, it drains you very much. It affects your personal energy level. It affects your mood, your emotions. There is just no way around it. Hey, I'm Olena Mytrak, and let me tell you, it's been a wild journey for me. I stepped into the unknown countless times, and it taught me how strong, confident, and capable I really am. I traveled the world searching for the answers, only to find out that the answers were always within me. At times, I thought I'd go insane, and it is in those times that I discovered that my energy is my most precious resource. I kept going, I kept learning, and eventually it made me who I am today, the designer of my life. And then I started the Spark Your Life podcast to show you how you can become the designer of yours. Career, business, parenting, fitness, time with others and time just for yourself. These are not some fragmented pieces of your life. This is your life. And this is what we talk about here. It's time to cut all the noise and to design your life around who you are and what you believe so that you can achieve long-lasting, meaningful, sustainable results that will feel absolutely and authentically you. Are you ready? Let's do it. Hello, my favorite life designers, and welcome to another episode of the Spark Your Life podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about energy, our energy, why it is important for us to manage it carefully, how we can tell when we are running out of it, and how we can restore it, how we can recharge our batteries when needed. I am a strong believer that managing and preserving and maintaining the proper energy level lies in the foundation of sustainable personal growth. In my opinion, it is what makes our growth and life journey sustainable in the first place. To me, it is impossible for us to maintain any lifestyle unless we become very intentional about what our energy levels are. Are they high enough? Are they good enough? Are they sufficient? And to restore it when necessary, to recharge our battery when necessary. And this is what I practice in my life about staying focused and making sure that I always leave some buffer in my capacity, not even time capacity or not even capacity on my planner, but emotional capacity, more importantly, capacity to deal with some unexpected things. Like if my daughter gets sick, if some issue happens at work, if something goes wrong with my business, I want to make sure that I have enough mental and emotional capacity to navigate it without burning out. And this is what I teach inside Bravery 10X. This is why we have our weekly focus and coffee sessions every Monday where we set our focus and our intention for the week. One of the purposes of this exercise is to make sure that we limit the amount of things we want to focus on to make sure that we have that capacity left. And usually it works, but not always. And today I want to tell you a story about something that I personally underestimated and something I have been navigating in the last couple of months and how I have been navigating this. Hopefully, this story will help you navigate your life situation, whatever that might be. So I told you on some of the previous podcast episodes that we are going through the middle school application process right now for Dasha. 
we're applying to a bunch of public schools, but also we're considering several private schools. And let me tell you, the application process for private schools is no joke. It's a very complicated, multi-step and pretty stressful process. And one of the steps in this process is for the kids to take the standardized independent test, like an assessment so that schools can see how advanced in various parameters the kids are. So when we discovered that there is this need for this test, me and Kevin, we thought, okay, no big deal. We'll just hire a tutor for Dasha. And we decided that she will have maybe lessons twice a week, one hour lessons, shouldn't be too much, maybe a little bit of homework, but she can handle that. Then the test itself, but it's going to be manageable. That's what we thought. Unfortunately, it has appeared to be much more stressful and much more impactful on our family, on Dasha and on us, on all of us, honestly. So Dasha is a very responsible kid. She takes her homework and her grades very seriously, probably way too seriously. She took this from me. I used to be very responsible and I am still a perfectionist. I'm still navigating my perfectionism and she is already a perfectionist any grade below 100 is no good for her she worries about getting perfect grades and even though we keep telling her that it's not about the grades it's about showing up at her best doing her best performing the way she is and being herself if the grades are not great that's no big deal but she still worries about those grades very much And so when we introduced this new test on her plate, she got very worried. And of course, she was taking tutoring very seriously, but it was stressing her out. And a couple of weeks after we started tutoring, like she would start coming home after school before tutoring or even on the days when she wouldn't have tutoring. And she would be in such a bad mood. She could come back home and literally lay on the sofa and stay on the sofa for an hour, like one hour or two hours straight, just whining and crying and whimpering. And she would keep saying, I don't want to take that test. I'm worried about this test. I don't want to get bad grades. And that whole thing for one hour straight. And all I could do was sit next to her, to be there for her, because she wouldn't listen to me. She wouldn't respond to anything I could ever say. I tried saying some encouraging words, but she just wouldn't react. So all I could do was sit next to her. And of course, at first I was feeling guilty for even making her go through this process. But very quickly, I realized that my guilt is not really going to help anybody because deep inside, I know why we're doing this. I know that We want for her to be in the right environment going forward, hopefully throughout middle and high school, so she doesn't have to go through this process again at the end of middle school. And unfortunately, in order for her to get into this right environment, she has to go through this stressful and tiring process. So I know why it is important. So my job as a parent is really not to feel guilty. It's not going to help anybody. My job is to be there for her and to make it as easy, hopefully for her, as possible to navigate this process and to go through this process. So all I could do was sit next to her, be there for her to know that I'm there if she needs me. And that by itself was a very draining experience. For those of you who are parents or 
even if you have a job that requires you to interact with people on a regular basis, you know that whenever you are absorbing somebody's negative energy, it drains you very much. It affects your personal energy level. It affects your mood, your emotions. There is just no way around it. And when it's your kid, there is no way around me being affected by that. So I started to feel a couple of weeks into that tutoring, into that test preparation process, I started to feel much more tired and much less restful than I was feeling before. But I kept telling myself, it's okay, we'll push through. I'll get through this. I'm fine. I don't need any help. I'm doing okay. And I was trying to get rid of some big things on my plate to free up a bit more of my capacity, but I heavily underestimated that impact that this whole process was going to make on me. And one evening, I remember we were having dinner and after dinner, uh, Dasha left uh, to watch some YouTube and I was talking to Kevin and I got very emotional and I attacked Kevin saying that he wasn't supporting me, that I had been doing this on my own and that he's not a supportive husband and that all he does is talks about his job and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And for a bit of context, he also switched job a few months ago and he had been very busy since that happened. So usually what happens in our relationship, which is a very balanced and supportive relationship, we joke that when one of parents goes insane, at least another parent is there to support and to balance it off and to absorb some of that negative energy and to help another person survive, right? And go back to the normal state. The problem happens when both parents get drained and not, don't have enough energy to support each other. And this is exactly what was happening at that time, about a couple months ago. Because Kevin was busy at work, he didn't have enough capacity, emotional or mental, to support me in my journey of supporting Dasha. And so he was running on empty already. And of course, at the end of the working day, he wanted to release his stress and talk about his issues at work. And I really appreciate when we have these conversations about our days. But for me, I was already running on empty as well. And I was desperate without even knowing that, realizing that for some support from him, and when I wasn't receiving that support from him, when I wasn't receiving that good energy from him, I started to blame him and say that he is not supporting me enough. But is this really fair? And I remember when we were having that conversation and I, and I got that emotional and we argued for a little bit, then later that night, we were already fine. We discussed, we talked, we weren't angry at each other anymore. But I was laying in bed and I was thinking, and I realized that it is actually my responsibility to manage my own energy level and my own emotional level. Yes, I sometimes rely on my husband to help me go through some tough times. This is what marriage is about. He does the same thing for me, but I cannot fully rely on him. I should know and I should accept the fact that sometimes I have to be responsible for my own emotions and for making sure that my needs get met. This is my responsibility. This is what emotional intelligence really is. 
And this is why kids do what they do. This is why our daughter was doing what she was doing, because she's not mature enough to have this skill of emotional intelligence. She doesn't know how to navigate that stress, that tiredness, that feeling of worrying about the, the upcoming test. It is my job as a parent to first support her on this journey, but also to show her how to create the skill by leaving that skill, right? It is my job to show her what it is like to actually manage your own energy, navigate your own emotional state, and take care of yourself when you need to take care of yourself because you are primarily responsible for taking care of yourself. Yes, you can ask other people for help, but it is your primary responsibility to take care of yourself when you need it, when you feel like you're running out of energy. And don't get me wrong, what I'm talking about here is not about the situation when somebody is breaking through your personal boundaries, doing something invasive and gaslighting you or doing anything else that you have to protect yourself from. In this case, you absolutely have to raise your voice, stand up for yourself and to show who you are and to protect your well-being from that person. But in my situation, really, I'm not fighting my husband here. It's not about that. And if I think about it, Usually, if I'm in a good mental state, I have no problems hearing about his workday. And I have no problems if all we talk during the evening is his work. I know that he needs to unwind because I need that too sometimes. And I'm okay with that. That's my role as the wife. So for me, a very good test of whether this trigger is a real trigger or if it's triggered by me running on empty is asking myself, in this particular situation, would I respond differently if my emotional container was full? If I wasn't already stressed or tired, would I respond the same way or would my response be different? And in that specific situation, my response would definitely be different. My anger, my stress, my fight mode that I turned into because I was so drained and so tired was caused by my battery just being empty. It wasn't caused by some problem in our marriage. It was simply caused by me feeling drained because that whole testing experience was very draining and tiring, not just for Dasha, but for me as well. And I wasn't realizing that. And I was throwing those bad emotions at my husband. I was getting angry because when we are tired, sometimes we feel angry Anger is the sign that some of our needs are not met. In my case, that was a clear sign that I just needed to recharge my battery very quickly because otherwise no good would have happened. So once I realized that, once I learned that lesson that night, for the next couple of weeks, I made even more intentional decision to remove any more things from my plate that I could. Like I freed up everything that I could. I tried to sleep more. I try to do much less work-wise to free up as much capacity as possible. But also I knew already that the next couple of weeks would be stressful. I was already prepared for that. So I was watching myself and I was much more self-aware and I was noticing those triggers so I could calm down, take some alone time when I needed it to make sure I don't get emotional again with my family. 
And it worked. So the next couple of weeks went fine. Then Dasha took her test, the first attempt of her test, because there's going to be a, the second part of the story. So she took that test. Then there was a week break because we told her that after she takes her test, we'll give her a break, which she was very happy about. And you know what? Her mood improved immediately. Right after she took her test, no more meltdowns, no more tantrums, nothing like that. She was a completely fine kid, happy kid, energized kid. Then we went on vacation, which again was very fun, energizing, fulfilling experience for all of us. We got back from vacation and then it was time to resume the tutoring because this upcoming weekend, she has the second attempt to take the test. And so here comes the second part of the story. So the story is not over. So last week, it was probably last Thursday when we had tutoring again. And Thursday was uh, November 30th, right? So two things happened on Thursday after the tutor left. Immediately after he left, the first meltdown started. Dasha started screaming that she lost some block bites that were installed in her teeth for her braces a few weeks ago. And she started crying and whining that without these bite blocks, her teeth will get ruined, her braces will get broken. And it was exactly the same experience. She wouldn't listen to us. No matter what we say, no matter how much we try to explain that it's no big deal, we'll call the orthodontist tomorrow, you'll be fine. She just wouldn't listen. She was just very moody, very frustrated. And I could tell that the same situation is happening again. She was getting very frustrated and stressed and worried about the upcoming test again. And then the same day, maybe after an hour of melting down about those bite blocks, she finally was fine, but only for 30 minutes because then it was November 30th. And that morning I put Elf on the Shelf in the house. Every year we have been putting Elf on the Shelf in the house and Surprisingly, she has been believing in Elf on the Shelf. She knows that dad is Santa. She knows that mom is Tooth Fairy. She knows that dad is Easter Bunny. But for some reason, she kept believing in Elf on the Shelf. And that evening, she started bugging us whether Elf on the Shelf is real or not. And she kept asking that question. She kept telling, I know he's not real. I know you're moving him. Just tell me. And it was driving me crazy. And eventually, I was like, Yes, you know what, Dasha? I put Elf on the shelf every year on, in the house. He does not move by himself. It's me who does that. And here comes the second meltdown. She started screaming that her childhood is ruined, that her life is over, that we just ruined her childhood. And again, we tried to explain to her that the real magic lies in us loving her, that what we do for her as loving parents is what's important. And it's not about Elf on the Shelf moving himself. It's about the magic that she still sees because nothing has changed. Every morning she wakes up, she sees him in different place. Isn't that what matters? No, she wouldn't care about any of that thing. She would just cry and whine and cry and whine for another hour. Finally, she got tired and she was fine. It's like with kids, for some reason, it's with like a switch. This minute, they are crazy frustrated, they're crying, they're not hearing you. And then one minute later, they are laughing and smiling. So after one hour of crying, 
she suddenly is fine, but I feel completely empty. After two these meltdowns in the last three or four hours, after trying to be a loving, calm, supporting parent for several hours straight, I feel like my battery is completely empty. And now it's time for us to have dinner, which we do. And then it's usually the time when me and Kevin, we have a chat together and we talk about our day. And moment, I remembered that lesson that I learned a few weeks prior. I remembered that me feeling drained and empty and having no energy is not going to create the productive conversation. Because Kevin was talking about his day and I was already feeling how that anger and annoyance was growing in me. And that night I decided to make a different decision than a few weeks prior. I decided to not let it ruin my evening, our evening together. So I told my husband, I told him that, I'm sorry, I don't have capacity right now to talk to you. I apologize. I need to go and just have some alone time in the bedroom. I just need to unwind. I'm sorry. I want to be present for you for our conversation, but I can't. So what I need right now, and I hope you understand, is for me to just have some alone time. He wasn't happy about it, but he understood. He was like, okay, sure. Thank you for letting me know. Go ahead and lay down in bed. So I did. I went to the bedroom and I lay down. And honestly, I was just sitting in silence, staring in the space and, and crying for maybe 20 or 30 minutes. I don't know what I was thinking about, probably nothing. Or maybe I was feeling sorry for myself a little bit. Or maybe I was just feeling tired and exhausted and just all over the place. And I spent 30 minutes doing that. But then after those 30 minutes, I was feeling better. I was feeling like I was actually getting recharged. And another 20 minutes later, I was ready to go back downstairs. And we did have a good, productive conversation. And I was already fine. I needed that 40 minutes of alone time to be with myself, to cry, to express my emotions, to process my emotions in order to continue functioning. And this time I did it. Like a month prior, I made a mistake of not listening to myself and letting it express in anger and some negative emotions toward people who I love, which then I felt guilty for. This time I let myself rest, recharge, and I was rewarded with a much more meaningful conversation when I was feeling present and I could participate in the conversation because I already have had energy again. And here is the moral of this long story. I think it is truly our responsibility to manage our energy. And it's not just our responsibility towards ourselves. We owe this not just to ourselves. We owe this to our children, our partners, and everybody else around us. Because when we are running on empty, we cannot function properly. We get angry, we get frustrated, we get tired, and it's not doing anybody any good. So the best thing we can do, the only right thing really to do in this situation is to do whatever it takes to recharge your battery. Because then you can be yourself again. Then you can be present with every experience that you have in your life again, 
whether it's work or life or family or hobby, you can't be present anywhere when you are running on empty, when you have no energy. So recharging your battery has to be your first task every time you feel like you are running out of resources. This is how you make your life sustainable. And this is your responsibility as a woman, as a human being. And this is how you can continue growing and living and not just existing, but thriving in life by learning how to recharge your battery, by learning to respect your needs, by learning how to address your needs. It is very important. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And I hope it gives you permission to take some time for yourself when you need it. Because as I said, you don't just need it, you owe it to yourself and to others around you. Energized you is the most wonderful person. You running on empty is probably not so wonderful. I'm sorry to say this, but I'm sure that is true. I'm sure you know that this is true. None of us are pretty when we don't have any resources left, when we don't have any capacity left. We need capacity to live our life, to be there for who we love, to set the example that we want to set. And this is what creates meaning for us in life. And this is what energizes us. It's like a cycle. It's a positive cycle. Once we have energy to be there for people who we love, then we experience these moments better. We are present in these moments. It gives us more energy that we can then return to some other part of our life. This is how we grow. This is how we expand. This is how we live our life. So please, take care of yourself, okay? And I will see you next week for the next episode. Bye-bye. Thank you for being with me today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with a friend of yours who can also benefit from it. And don't forget to check all the links and resources in the show notes. Until next time.